Hey everybody, welcome to The Well. My name is Christian and I am so glad that you are here. Our hope is that during your time with us, you can acquire some relevant and practical resources to aid you in your journey with teenagers. This is episode five, which is all about a teenager's take on culture. So without further ado, welcome to The Well. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Well, episode five, a teen's take on culture. My name is Christian Hessling, and I am the host, and I'm super excited because today we have two very special guests with us um, to talk uh, about teen culture. Um, we have actually students from our community, our church, who've agreed to come on to provide their take on teen culture. So I'm actually going to invite them to introduce themselves, uh, share your name, uh, and speaking of culture, maybe your favorite artist. Uh, and then in one word, uh, and in your opinion, uh, give one word that best describes t- uh, the teen cultural landscape in which you find yourselves in. So who would like to go first? <laughs> okay. uh, my name is Isaac. Uh, my favorite artist is uh, NF. He's a rapper. Ooh, NF. Good choice. Yeah. That's really good. And uh, the way I'll describe teen culture would probably be, uh, it's pretty con- it's pretty con- uh, confusing. Confusing. Okay. That's how I'll describe it. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> and next up, um, I'm Susan. My favorite artist is Hilary Hahn, and I would describe teen culture as relatable. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, Hilary Hahn, is she related to Hans Zimmer? No, she's not really. No, okay. she's a violinist. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this yeah. before. Okay, okay. Awesome, awesome. Um, so thank you guys. So we're so excited because uh, we're actually in part four today of our conversation about teen culture. And we have Susan and Isaac here to uh, learn a bit about their take on uh, the topic of culture. Um, but before we do so, I just want to provide a brief kind of recap of what we've covered up until this point in this, uh, you can call it a series that we've been doing. Um, so today, as I mentioned, we are in part four on our conversation about culture, which I hear is super easy. Is that right, guys? <laughs> um, uh, part four of our topic on culture. Uh, the first part was all about understanding teen culture, which we kind of think is the prerequisite to engaging teen culture. And then the part two was responding to teen culture. Now that we understand it, how do we respond to it? Part three was teen cultural, teen cultural takeaways. Um, those were practical action steps that we can take to better understand and respond to teen culture. Uh, and that was episode four. And here we are in part four, episode five, um, where we get to hear from our young people uh, to get their take on teen culture and to also get their take on anything that we've covered up until this point that we may have gotten right, that we may have gotten wrong. So um, so we'll see how we did. So you guys ready to get started? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So um, kind of the way we're going to do this is I'm just going to kind of throw some questions their way, and we'll just kind of talk about teen culture. But this first kind of section that we're going to start with is helping us adults understand teen culture. Because sometimes us adults, we like to pretend that we have everything together and that we know what we're doing, right? Have you ever seen that before? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we pretend that we know what we're doing and that we have everything together, but we'll, I'll confess for all of us, like, we don't always know. Um, and so um, this first section, you guys can kind of help us understand the contours or uh, just kind of the landscape of teen culture. Um, but the first question that I want to kind of throw out there is let's go back to the words that you guys use to describe culture. I know, Isaac, you said confusing. Mm-hmm. And Susan, you said... I said relatable. Relatable. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to those words. So um, <laughs> what do you mean by that word, and why did you choose that word? Um, 
I chose relatable because I'd say teens now are more willing to open up to each other about their personal struggles than maybe our parents were when they were our age. Okay. And a big part of how we form community is trying to relate to each other, so... That's good. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, I'd say it was confusing because... Well, first of all, I'm a teenager, and I don't even understand what teen <laughs> culture is yeah. completely. <laughs> like, some of the motives behind, like, the jumping challenge and the uh, Tide Pod challenge, yeah. I don't even get that. Like, I don't know why teenagers would resort to doing that. Yeah. It could be for attention, mm-hmm. but honestly, if people are wondering about, like, uh, like what the motives are, I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't really call for much okay. there, but... I feel like it's also confusing because when you're a teenager, you're you know, you're, uh, you're you're trying to figure out like what your emotions are, and I feel like you're at the age where you're kind of becoming aware yeah. of how broken the world is. Like when you're younger, it might not really pays you much, yeah. but when you're older, you're like, wow, this world is actually pretty uh, it's broken. So you're trying yeah. to figure out like, well, like why is it that way? Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot of questions in that, so I guess that's why it's pretty uh, confusing. Wow, that's a, that's a really good understanding explanation of that. Um, I think those are very two interesting words because they just highlight the difficulty of culture, um, but then the importance of um, kind of uh, the relatability-ness of it or finding co- community in the midst of this kind of cultural landscape. So um, thanks for that. That's awesome. Um, so all right, sometimes uh, culture gets us to slow down and scratch our heads. I'm sure there's some things that you guys see adults do and you ask, why do adults do that? Uh, And I'm sure you've seen adults maybe do the same towards young people. Um, With that, I want to ask this question. Do you feel like young people are often misunderstood when it comes to their actions, their media consumption, et cetera? uh, And why why is that? Okay. Um. I feel like they kind of be. I feel like they kind of can be misunderstood because the maybe their motives might be good, uh, but they just don't really act on it in a way where it can be seen as good. Hmm. Uh, like for example, uh, he's got examples, guys. He came prepared. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess sometimes tenders tend to tacked up and kind of be rowdy and uh, yeah. I guess almost like. T- they can almost be kind of uh, disrespectful in a way. Okay. I feel like, the, I feel like everyone kind of sees some teenagers, t- teenagers in that way. Yeah. Uh, I feel like some of the motive just could be because they want attention. Okay. Like, like maybe they aren't getting it at home. Okay. So they're acting up in order to get attention, hmm. whether it's good attention uh, or bad attention, which, which usually ends up being. Uh, so their yeah, so their intention could just to be. Their, yeah, their intention could just be to get attention, but they act on it in a way where it's viewed uh, in a bad way. Yeah, so you're kind of um, you're kind of separating their intent from the impact of their actions. So yeah. maybe like their intent is to get attention or get community or mm-hmm. feel loved, right? Yeah. Um, but their impact is not necessarily the same, perhaps, right? Yeah. Really good. Really good observation. Susan, did you have anything you want to say? Um, yeah, I was just going to say that um, there will probably always be a generation gap. So when our parents were kids, they probably felt the same problem. They felt maybe their parents didn't quite understand them. Okay. And now we also have some things that our parents didn't have. For example, yeah. um, we have social media, and mm. that kind of puts pressure on us to 
fit into the people we see on social media and it also gives us a way to connect with people that may be good influences or they may be bad influences yeah that makes it much more complicated right (laughs) um yeah that's really really good um and i think um yeah just understanding kind of what you both were saying a little bit of just trying to understand um the how it is different from what our parents grew up in like i think i was in sixth grade when the smartphone came out i'm aging myself now so you guys can all do the math i was in sixth grade when the first smartphone came out and i remember it being pretty revolutionary uh and so my parents didn't grow up with that and i know your parents didn't necessarily grow up with that and so identifying the different uh landscapes that we've all grown up in uh and then understanding how um our intent and our motives behind those things might even be the same but our methods about our methods of going about them are different now. Because you mentioned earlier, Isaac, the whole skull breaker challenge and the mm-hmm. Tide Pod challenge or the jumping challenge. Yeah. Um, it makes it pretty complicated because you got to figure out, you know, if you if you had to evaluate that, what would you think uh, the motive is for students who maybe engage in some of those things? Um, I think again, that'll just be the, uh, um, a desire for attention. Okay. Okay. Which I feel like that kind of brings you know that type of attention is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's because because there's risk involved in those activities yeah. and stuff. But um, so you got a question like, why, why are people engaging that? Why is that a, a theme or a trend nowadays? Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. Awesome. Uh, another question. Uh, so um, for you guys today, uh, what are some of the hardest parts about navigating teen culture today? Um, I would say one is that as a teenager, you're still figuring figuring out your identity and trying to figure out where you fit into that. Okay. And um, one way technology makes that difficult is that social media often shows you um, ideas of people that are one-sided or you always see the kind of like same idea of a person. Okay. And if you don't fit into that, you feel like you're not quite sure where you fit into anything. Yeah. So talking a bit about identity formation and how that's a big part. Um, so you kind of see that um, social media muddies the waters a bit and mm-hmm. how like how people come to their identity or form their identity. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I uh, agree with that. Uh, I feel like we don't really. It can be hard because you feel uh, as teams, we don't really feel like we fit in. Yeah. Because I feel like we aren't kids, but we aren't. Uh, we aren't uh, adults, obviously. So yeah. like we're like, where do we fit in with that? Yeah. Uh, and I guess the hardest part with technology uh, is kind of what. Uh, Susan had mentioned, uh, it's like, um, like social media is all about trying to make yourself look, um, as good as possible. Yeah. When, um, in reality, like your life might not be that great. Yeah. But everyone else on, let's say Instagram is trying to make them self look uh, like really good. Like they have it all uh, together Yeah. or they might not have it like that in real life. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'm sorry. No, you're good. It's kind of like, uh, like we're all trying to be fake on social media and i feel like we can't really make any real progress okay by trying to pretend to be something that we aren't Ooh, that's a really good point we can't make progress mm-hmm. when we are trying to pretend to be something we aren't yeah i heard it once said that like um social media is almost like a highlight reel of our lives right yeah. we get the best moments and we kind of manufacture these instances to look so great but then mm-hmm. Um, our our reality real, if you want to call it, is like life isn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of seems that that complicates the identity formation process a bit, would you yeah. say, for you guys? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, okay. Um, so um, 
So in previous episodes, as we've been talking about culture, we've always kind of talked about how um, everyone's actions, their behavior, and their culture expresses one's deepest values, right? Um, so people value being connected, for example, and maybe we see that through excessive use in social media because they feel maybe in some way connected with a group of people or going back to posting your highlight reel on social media. Um, the, the value there is that they want to belong and so they think maybe in order to belong we have to post these kind of images of our lives. Um, what might you say um, is deeply valued by teenagers nowadays? Does that make sense? Sorry, yeah. sometimes adults can be really confusing, so you just got to let us know when we are. <laughs> um, I would say one value is something that everybody kind of values is being recognized and respected. Okay. And sometimes yeah. for teenagers, since um, we don't always have the same life experiences as maybe adults, that can take forms that are kind of immature. Okay. So we're doing things to seek out attention, but okay. it comes off as being immature. Okay, that's very fascinating. That's interesting. That's good. I feel like one thing that also holds value, like you said, is uh, being uh, uh, respected. Because I feel like teenagers can kind of be viewed as lazy, uh, as disrespectful, not having good worth ethics. Okay. So I feel like it's. So I feel like we try to prove that, like those, uh, those uh, uh, types of t teenagers do exist. But, like, now all teenagers are, like, really bad kids are always getting into uh, trouble. Okay. Um, so we value, like, just being respected and not really, really, not being viewed uh, the way that the world kind of portrays teenagers as. Okay. So um, you're coming on something that's very important, um, that it seems like maybe adults in some context or in some ways kind of have this broad stereotype that all teenagers f supposedly fit, like, you know, mm -hmm. they're maybe troublemakers or they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. If you could recast an honest um, stereotype, for lack of better words, that you think encapsulates or uh, more appropriately describes the teenage experience, would you have one? And I know this is not a question that we have on our list, but um, would you kind of, if you could recast a net for how adults should view teenagers, what might that be? Um, it might depend on the actual teenager themselves, because sure. yeah, it, it depends on that. But for the most part, uh, I really they just want to uh, fit in. Yeah. Uh, they should be uh trying to think of how to describe that. Uh, That's all right. I'm 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 shooting from the hip here. I'm yeah. just giving you guys extra questions. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I don't really have anything at the moment. That's all right. Susan, did you have something? Um, I would say probably just kind of unwise adults. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're adults that don't have all the wisdom or experience, and sure. we don't necessarily have all that background. We don't have all the education. Yeah. But we're still old enough where we're able to kind of learn things if we're told them. We're able to make our own decisions. Sure. You could even recast that into like um. And that's a really good. That's a really good understanding because you're you're identifying that this is where we're heading. We're heading to adulthood, to full autonomy, independence, right? Um, but we have we're maybe inexperienced, right? Adults, right? Um, so it's a really good word because I think it also highlights where you're going and 
why it is that the journey looks the way it does now, like why it is that some teenagers engage in some behavior that might be considered by adults like risky, but it highlights the motive is like we're growing into adulthood. And so, and it, you know, there's still adults that do it wrong and get it wrong. Um, and so you could even call some adults, some wise adults. Um, but the hope is just like in anything in life that we're growing and continuing to mature and become wise, right? So it's a really good, really good explanation. Thanks for taking that random question I threw out there. Um, so uh, I guess last thing, is there anything that you would like to add regarding how we can better understand teen culture? So for any adults who are listening, um, and they're like, gosh, I, I don't, I don't understand teen culture as teenagers. What, um, insight might you be able to provide them for how they can better understand teen culture? Um, I would just say if you're listening to this and you're a parent and an adult and you're trying to understand teens, that's pretty great because it just shows like that you care and that you are trying to ex- understand and you don't have to understand it all the way. I don't understand most of teen <laughs> culture and I'm a teen yeah. and the most important thing is that you're open to mm-hmm. understanding their point of view. That's really good. That's awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, kind of um, adding on to that, it's just kind of listening to uh, your teen, uh, working through life, uh, working, I uh, work in th- through life alongside them trying to yeah. not really trying to give them all the answers mm. but kind of working through issues with them Ooh, that's good it's not giving all the answers but kind of being able to wrestle through some things with them yeah. um that's good i appreciate you guys honesty there and that's awesome so um so that kind of wraps up the the portion of our conversation about understanding teen culture you heard it from the professionals here, guys. Um, the second kind of part of our conversation is um, uh, for you guys to kind of help us adults understand how we can support you in teen culture and what we should be doing, what maybe we shouldn't be doing, what um, actions that we take that sometimes actually might be counterintuitive or not helpful, right? Um, and so this is maybe the more pragmatic uh, part of the conversation on how uh, the us adults can support our young people as they try and navigate this culture. So the first question that I want to ask is, um, what isn't helpful? What do adults get wrong sometimes when it comes to teen culture? Um, and to clarify, we have this mantra on this podcast that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. And so parents, uh, none of this is to um, parent shame you or to make you feel guilty that you're not doing it perfectly. Um, we always kind of like this idea of we're always on a journey, as you guys were talking about, always on a journey of learning and growing. So, um yeah, so what if if you could help parents understand what is it that maybe we're not doing right or what is it um that we yeah, could be doing better perhaps. Um <laughs> sorry. Um I'd say one thing is stereotyping or kind of reflecting on when you were a kid what you did or didn't want to be and mm. trying to kind of fit your kid into one category cuz um they kids can grow up to be very different than their parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they can be very different than other kids. So don't assume that just since they're a teenager um, and they're doing, like, one thing that, you know, a certain group of kids does, that that means they're going to turn out like them. Uh, And then another thing would be discrediting mental health disorders. Mm. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have never struggled with anything like that, but I've had friends who have had panic attacks and their parents have been like, you need to get more sleep or something. Okay, so it kind of minimize or reduce the severity of it, right? Yeah. Okay. Gosh, that's hard. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. Goodness. Yeah, I uh, I uh, agree with that. Uh, like something that doesn't really, something that doesn't really help, 
is uh, not taking their issues seriously. Kind of like you said, like uh, okay. taking someone who has a uh, panic attack and just been like, oh, you need more to rest. Because yeah. if a person does have that issue, then it's probably it's probably pretty serious. So yeah. I think would so so I think something that doesn't really help is kind of overlooking that and not t taking it as seriously as it is. Okay. So um, what I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm wrong, is um, just like uh, you need a, adults um, to like kind of listen and be fully present more, and maybe to trust. I don't know if that might be the right word, but to trust your experience and trust um, what it is that you're kind of expressing. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, gosh, that's really good. Thanks for that. Um, next question. Uh, so what is it? Um, I had this one, but I don't know if it's redundant. What is one thing that you would invite adults to stop doing to help you? So I know you maybe have hinted at a couple of things already. And again, adults, this isn't a parent shame. We're all trying to figure this out. We're so glad that you're here just to kind of be bold enough to listen to some of this. So we do thank you again. Um, but if you guys had to kind of um, to speak to the general adult population who journeys with teenagers, what would you invite them to say, hey, I think you should pump the brakes here, slow down, maybe don't do this? <laughs> Uh, I would say probably just telling us what we're doing wrong because probably mm. we see it. If you see it's something that's like harmful to us, like okay. um, doing drugs or something, obviously like tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like calling us lazy or something mm. is something that generally doesn't help. Or like if we ever do get a bad grade, being telling us that we're not doing well in school, probably we see that. Yeah. So maybe um, instead of just telling us that we're doing bad, asking us, how we're feeling or maybe why that happened. Yeah, that's good. Wow, that's really good. That's awesome. I'd say something that probably isn't the best is uh, uh, sheltering them too much. Okay. I feel like uh, sheltering can be good in a way, mm. but if you're sheltering them from what the real life is, like uh, like immediately trying to solve all their issues so they never have to wrestle with the issues, which, th which they will have to learn. Like they will have to learn how to wrestle with things and how to deal with a hard chips and stuff yeah. so um, so immediately trying to protect them from all that yeah it doesn't really prepare them for for life as an adult like yeah. how to live on their own yeah and i see like that comment is very much in line with um your description earlier of uh unwise adults right um if we shelter them then they might remain unwise perhaps right because they're not getting these necessary experiences um mm -hmm. but if we kind of um i don't know let them experience some pain and, and difficulty or um, when it comes to grades or relationships, like journeying with them through that and saying this is okay to feel this and experience this, um, then it hopefully helps them become experienced adults and mm -hmm. people who are very much capable of navigating the, the difficulties of life, right? Um, really good. Wow, this is awesome. Y'all, this, this is good stuff. I hope you guys are taking notes here. I'm glad this is recorded. So. Um, Awesome. Uh, let's see where we're at. So uh, the next question, um, what is it that young people need from adults in this season of life? What do teenagers need from their parents and mentors as they navigate teen culture? So if you can kind of sum up what it is that young people might need in this season of life. Um, I feel like something that might help them is like an adult to look up to. Okay. Even if it's not a parent, just like someone in their life who they can go to and talk to like their issues with I feel like that's really it can really help them out 
Yeah, yeah. And I and so um if you had to I heard you were saying like it doesn't have to be a parent. Do you have other examples of life and like who that could be? And I'm not asking that cuz I'm your youth pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, more of just like generally in life because I know not all young people find themselves in a church or in mm-hmm. a place where they can find that non-parental mentor. So, I don't know. Do you have any other examples of that? Um, I guess out uh, um I guess youth group like you mentioned would be a good place to go yeah but out, um, outside of that um it can be like a distant relative okay uh, maybe like a uh like uh, your friend's parent okay it, it can really depend yeah okay did you have anything you wanted to add season um i was gonna was gonna say one thing teens might need is just um a space where they cannot be judged um, even just on the little things, because if we can see on the little things, we can admit we did something wrong and not get judged. Then yeah. when we did something um, wrong that's really big, yeah. we'd yeah. be willing to go to our parents and tell them that we did it and get support. Oh, that's powerful. So um, having a safe space, right, to mm-hmm. um, to be open about anything, which is not always easy, right? Yeah. But um, that's really, really good. That's awesome. Um, so... Uh, I guess we got two more under this section. Um, so what is one thing that you would invite adults? Wait, did I ask that one? Uh, see, I told you guys I'd probably mess this up. Um, so what is one thing that you would invite adults to do better to journey alongside you all as you navigate culture? And again, this might be a little redundant, but if you could kind of summarize, this is one thing I would really um, that I really look for in adult leaders or mentors or someone like that. What's one thing you'd invite them to do? Um, I'd say one thing we kind of already talked about was leading by example, Okay. Um, especially teachers and also parents, um, leading by example what you should do in a healthy relationship, because a lot of teens at that age start dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And teen, teenagers watch every, just about everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you'd like to add, sir? I mean, that's all I would have said, just being like a good example. Yeah, yeah. Like that can leave you, that can leave you a really lasting impact on them awesome really good um so anything else that you guys would like to add or say regarding how we can better support our young people as they navigate teen culture you guys feel like you summed it up yeah i feel mm-hmm. like that's awesome yeah. well uh that's really really good stuff uh and i'm kind of like taking some mental notes um about all this stuff too so yeah i appreciate it all right so for this last section we are going to reflect on our latest episode so what i actually did for those of you listening, um, as I mentioned, this is part four uh, in a series. The last episode we did, part three, was Teen Culture Takeaways. Uh, and in that episode, we just tried to cover some practical um, ways that we can understand and respond to teen culture. And so um, if you haven't listened to it yet, I invite you to go check that out because this next portion of our conversation will be in reflection on that episode. So what I asked Isaac and Susan to do is actually go ahead and listen to that episode. And I invited them for like their honest feedback. Like what did we get wrong? What did we maybe get right? What would you agree with? What would you disagree with? And so they both listened to it and they have some thoughts to share with us uh, regarding that episode. Um, And real quick, just to kind of offer a 10-second recap, we made four points in that episode um, on what we can do to better understand and respond to teen culture. And the first thing was to enter their culture, enter teen culture. The second thing was to respond more than we react to teen culture. The third thing was to ask good questions. And then the fourth thing was to sell vision, not rules. And so if you, wanna, uh, if you want to hear those four things unpacked, go ahead and listen to our last episode. Um, but with that, 
Is there anything that we got wrong on that podcast or is there anything that you guys would have us modify or change or is there even anything that you found you disagreed with on that podcast? Um, I feel like it was all pretty helpful. Like, uh, I feel like those were all really good examples of how to help uh, your teenager. Okay, awesome. So I really wouldn't change anything about that. Okay, sweet. I appreciate that. Uh, I also think that everything you said was really good. Um, one thing is just a cautionary warning to parents. Don't expect everything to go exactly as they described it in the podcast. Like, if you yeah. go up to your teenager and you're just like, hey, can I go through your social media every week? Don't expect them to just immediately <laughs> hand it over. Yeah. It's a good point. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> this yeah. is like a best-case scenario, but yeah. it's still good to try. Just don't. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, don't don't be too surprised about that. <laughs> yeah, don't be discouraged. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good point, and uh, we try and try and talk about that. Like, and you guys know, mm-hmm. life is just not so black and white. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, you know, it, if you follow the steps or the rules, things don't always go as planned, and so that's a really good yeah. uh, reminder that you bring up, Susan. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try, though. Yeah, it does not mean you should not try. That's and that's important too, because I think. Sometimes we get discouraged and we don't try because of our discouragement, but I think we just lean into that and press on. That's good. So um, is there anything on that podcast that you thought, yes, I agree with that. I think I, it'd be super helpful if parents and adults did this. Uh, I would say definitely the thing you talked about, um, apologizing for your reactions. Hmm. I think that's really powerful for a kid to see that their parents are doing that too. Hmm. Um, then they'll be more likely to trust you and view you as someone that respects them yeah that's good Ooh, that's good <laughs> uh, there's one thing that i thought was really good and that was uh listening to your teens mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. i feel like uh if they if they aren't really open with you about like what they're they're dealing with uh then they could I and mean, then you could kind of see a little more what they're dealing with through the music like if they're listening to mm-hmm. something that has a lot of uh uh, like relationship issues in then maybe they're having those issues but they aren't really telling you about it mm-hmm. uh or if they're listening to a lot of music uh that talks about like like uh like um anxiety then maybe they're dealing with that yeah. but, but they aren't really being open about it Ooh, so maybe in some ways you're suggesting that sometimes the music that young people listen to mm-hmm is kind of reflecting their own experiences yeah i mean it's not it's not always the case yeah okay. so i wouldn't like assume everything that yeah. they're <laughs> listening to yeah. that they're dealing with but for the most part that could be it yeah and i think that's why like young people identify with music sometimes mm-hmm. is like they they're kind of um they believe like oh this is my story this is my experience that's why i listen to this song would you say it's a case for a lot of yeah. people it's relatable yeah okay cool awesome um, if you could add a task to this list of four things that we talked about in that last episode, if you could add anything to the list that we missed, what would you add? Honestly, I, I don't really know what I'll add. That's I think right. you guys got all the good, the good <laughs> ideas. We hit all the big ideas? Okay, yeah. okay. Would you add anything, Susan? Um, I would say maybe just spend some quality time together. Okay. Just that's not even focusing on issues, just doing fun things together as yeah. a family or just the two of you. Yeah. Um, would you have anything to say to those parents? And I know you kind of mentioned this earlier where, like, you can invite them to have a good time, but it might not go as planned. Or, um, <laughs> yeah. What about any parents who, man, they might be at a, a 
you call it a rough patch with their teenager where they don't enjoy, or maybe I don't want to say they don't enjoy, but they're having a hard time enjoying time together. Or maybe one of the parties is a bit more reluctant than the other. What mm -hmm. might you invite them to do in that instance? Um, I would say it's very unlikely that your teen just decided that they don't like you. So yeah. <laughs> there's probably something either going on that they're not telling you or there's something you've done to upset them. Okay. So be open to the idea that um, maybe you've done something that you should apologize for and mm -hmm. also be open to the idea that um, there's something going on that they're not telling you about. So That's good. that maybe you, you're not right about why they're like explore other options yeah. for why it's like that. That's good. Oh, that's so good. Um, and I love the idea. I think um, like once you move beyond those um, difficult conversations, difficult but important conversations and creating a space for fun, as you said, I think is really powerful because it solidifies relationships. And you all see we do that in the ministry sometimes. We actually all just went to an escape uh, room a couple of days ago and we got out and it was incredible. Yeah. It was an office-themed escape room. And so sometimes just uh, – shared memories and experiences can be really profound uh, in how they help uh, people grow in their relationships with each other. So um, really awesome. Um, lastly, for this section, what is one thing you would want to tell an adult who is seeking to better journey with young people? So really, um, you guys are speaking to those who are listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. If you could just tell them one thing about anything, um, what would you want to tell them? Uh, I would probably say sorry <laughs> because we can be really grumpy and really hard to understand, uh, especially sorry, mom, that I'm always grumpy in the mornings <laughs> and then I like come home and go straight to my room. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. and thank you so much for putting up with me hmm. and thank you for just being a parent. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> it's a tough job and you deserve a lot of respect. Oh, that's so awesome. So good. <laughs> yeah. I'll add, uh, just, uh, being patient with us because we're not really even sure what's going on half the time yeah so yeah. just uh i was i forgot what i was gonna say that's all right uh yeah just kind of um that's all right so like being yeah, patient right yeah being patient and uh yeah just uh it's <laughs> okay man you don't believe how many times i do that on this podcast where i'm like yeah. what am i saying yeah just oh, thanks for uh putting up with us because i don't because yeah. i don't always have the best attitude yeah so just uh hang in there uh thanks for uh and thanks for hooking up with us yeah oh that's so good um so all right uh gosh thank you guys i'm sure you know everyone is clapping in their cars right now thanking you for your wisdom and your insight um, before we wrap up, I've been grilling you guys a lot. So thanks for uh, dealing with that. Are there any final thoughts that you have to share with listeners or are there any questions that you wanted to grill me on? I think I'm no. good. Yeah. They're both yeah, good guys. Good. This is awesome. Um, so I just want to thank you both for your honest feedback, your insight, your wisdom, and your perspectives. It really, really is valuable and appreciated, um, not only for me, but I'm sure for those who have taken the time to listen to this podcast. Um, so that is actually it for this episode on a teen's take on culture. We will wrap up our series on teen culture with one more episode. It's actually going to be episode six. In this upcoming episode, we will use our four-step process that we talked about in part one and part two 
for understanding and responding to teen culture. Um, and we will actually walk through some case studies to better understand and respond to specific elements in teen culture today. And I think right now, as, as of now, it could change. We'll be talking about Billie Eilish, the jumping challenge, and more. So I, I, y'all should not miss out on that. And that will be our next episode, um, number six. So stay tuned. Isaac and Susan, how can our listeners connect with The Well? Uh, you can find us on on Instagram at the well dot at the well dot podcast. Yeah, awesome. Or you can find us on Facebook at at the well podcast one. Yes, and as always, if you have any questions or you're wanting us to cover any specific topics here at the well, email us at the well at clcfamily.church. And even for the next time we have a teen take, if you guys have questions that you'd like us to give our teenagers, um, they're really willing for me to throw any questions at them. So if you guys uh, want to submit any questions for our young people, please feel free to do so by emailing us um, at the well at clcfamily.church. So that is it. We are done. And together we would like to say... Thanks Thanks for for joining joining us us at at the well. well.